This is the Casper and Chris podcast. From News Talk KBOI, Boise. Day from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 606, it is 30 degrees in downtown Boise, and it is snowing and rather heavy throughout areas of the Treasure Valley. As you uh, heard there, we are expecting a lot of snow over the uh, next few days. Uh, As a matter of fact, uh, from some of the predictions that I was reading about last night, 7 to 12 inches of snow here in the Treasure Valley between um, this morning and Sunday morning. Uh, traveling to the mountain areas, uh, you could see anywhere from 15 to 25 inches of snow. And uh, they're saying if you don't have to travel tomorrow. Now, we're, we're supposed to get snow today, uh, a, a good portion of it. And it has snowed this morning. As a matter of fact, uh, I just checked outside before I came in. We've probably got a half an inch of snow wow. since I got here um, a little over an hour ago as I was driving in. And once again, it's starting right at 5 o'clock. It's so weird. Every morning this week that we've seen the snow, it's starting just as the commute is getting underway. Um, and the same thing happened this morning. So the, the, the main thoroughfares, here's the good news. The ACHD has announced that they have begun service. This was yesterday, have begun 24-hour service. So they have people working on the roads 24 hours a day, started yesterday, and will continue on into uh, at least Sunday or Monday. And they have been out this morning. Uh, I was on uh, I-84. I-84 was just wet. They they were out there with de-icers. Uh, I, I saw at least two trucks out on I-84. Mm-hmm. Now, where you're going to have trouble is the thoroughfares and the side roads. Coming into uh, downtown Boise on the connector on the Fairview exit, and then on Fairview, snow and ice covered hasn't been touched. So e- even like State Street, Chinden Boulevard, you might see some problems uh, out there this morning to be aware of. Um, how bad might this be? It's bad enough that even with no snow yesterday um, and no guarantees of snow today, there are a number of schools that pre-canceled school today. Blaine yeah. County School District, which you would expect, Blaine County, of mm-hmm. course, uh, uh, up around the Sun Valley area, closed today. Classes canceled today for Boise State University. In-person classes. In-person classes. Um, Buell School District closed on Friday. Castleford uh, School Districts. Centennial Baptist School. Compass Perny, uh, Public Charter School Virtual Learning Day today. Uh, Falcon Ridge Charter School closed. Filer Schools closed. Gooding Elementary Schools closed. Gooding Middle, Middle Schools, closed. Gem Prep in Nampa, closed. Gem Prep Twin Falls, closed. Gem Prep Pocatello, closed. Idaho Arts Charter School, closed. Jerome School District, closed. CUNA School District will be a virtual learning day today. Uh, Murtaugh, <laughs> that, just, that just kills snow days for kids, <laughs> doesn't, doesn't it? it? Uh, Nampa School Districts, closed. Twin Falls, closed. Valley View School Districts, virtual learning day. Wendell. Closed Wilder School District Virtual Learning Day. Um, kids, uh, you have COVID to thank for your virtual learning day. Um, before COVID hit, you would you you would That's have true. a snow day. That's true. Uh, COVID happened, and now um, schools are equipped and, to handle in learning or and, uh, home on, learning school days. And on that snow day, you would bundle up, go outside, make a <laughs> snowman, make a snow fort, throw no. snowballs, have a wonderful time, sled maybe. 
and uh, now you have to virtually learn. Yeah, not not so much. So They want to get you away from those screens, but not really. They just think they do. Now, with this being said, in the announcement from ACHD that they'll start 24-hour you know, service through the next at least three days, mm-hmm. you know, schools pre-canceled ahead of where the storm is going to be, that tells you what they are expecting throughout the day today. Um, this is probably one of those days where it's going to get worse. The past days this week, it got better as the day went on. Today, it's probably going to get worse as the day goes on, and the commute home might not be very fun coming up this afternoon. Uh, it's not very fun this morning. I, I, I live here now. It's just, you know, I'm just going to move Just in. Just move into, you know, it could have saved you a lot of money with your... Uh, new apartment if you just moved in here and it's it's a condo moved a moved a bed a condo it's, sorry it's much bigger than an apartment sorry uh your new condo <laughs> had you just moved in here it could have saved you quite a bit of money we had a house and we moved into a condo and i thought it was smaller i just i didn't even check the square footage it's 300 feet a square foot uh, larger wow that's a bathroom it's like an extra bathroom yeah our and and our uh, master bathroom is larger than my uh, first dorm room. <laughs> um, other things that we're going to be talking about this morning: uh, Democrats slamming slamming President Joe Biden for violating the Constitution. Now, is that going to be enough to get him impeached or get him kicked off ballots? I don't know, but we'll tell you why Democrats are not even happy with Joe Biden as of right now. Uh, also, if you work for Disney's company ESPN and you won an Emmy. Sometime over the past 25 years. Not so fast, my friend. This may be the dumbest story. Are they saying they own them? Of cheating. Huh? Oh, go ahead. Of cheating that that I think I've ever heard. All right. What is it? Well, it has to do with winning Emmys. and They cheated to win Emmys? They cheated to win their Emmys. And some of their biggest names. Now... Uh, they're saying that the biggest names who won those Emmys didn't know that there was cheating there was going cheating, on. Yeah. But uh, I, I even call BS kind of on that. But it was behind the scenes, huh? Uh, apparently it was behind the scenes. We'll tell you about that coming up here in a uh, few minutes. There is a winter weather advisory going on through the entire state of Idaho. Matter of fact, there's a winter weather advisory going on right now in every state in the nation, mm-hmm. just to give you an idea of what the weather is like with this polar vortex that is coming down. And, and you hear a, a big disparity of predictions. I was reading up on this last night uh, on how much snow we're going to get here in the Treasure Valley. And the reason, you know, they're saying that it could be five inches, but it could be as much as 12 inches. And the reason is because they are having trouble predicting mm-hmm. there's a, a mass of Arctic air that is coming from the north, and it is supposed to intersect with another mass of wet Pacific coast air, and they're having trouble identifying exactly where those are going to intersect, but wherever they intersect, that's where you're going to see a huge amount of snow. One uh, of the, I won't say who it is, but one of the people I follow on Instagram, who is a respected local uh, television journalist, uh, said that this weekend there would be between zero and 85 inches of snow. <laughs> uh, well, you know, they're, they're not necessarily wrong because of the way that they, they are predicting, but um, that's why we, we have a unique thing fact, that is happening over the uh, next few days as far as I, weather. Uh, technically, I think uh, the way they put it was we will have zero to 85 uh, inches of snow or not. Oh. Um, by the way, the snow is going to stick around for a little while because overnight lows after the storm leaves, then the ar- Arctic blast settles in. Boo. And on Sunday night, we're supposed to be three. On Monday night, we're supposed to be six. So whatever we get 
is going to be here for a little while. Haven't seen if that, uh, if, if you remember the snowmageddon year, we got a massive amount of snow and then it got down to zero for a really long or mm-hmm. five be- above for a really long time that snow couldn't be removed. So, uh, I, I don't foresee it being quite that bad. However, um, good chance of seeing some snow and, uh, ski areas are Whoa. not the only ones that are happy about this. <laughs> I bet they're ecstatic. Yeah. So we'll keep you updated throughout the morning, uh, every 10 minutes. Give you a a new traffic alert so you can uh, find out how your commute is going to be going if you are headed into work this morning. So we'll be checking in with Debbie McAllister coming up in a few minutes. Right now, though, uh, let's get to our first check on what's going on with sports. Once again, this morning, it's brought to you by Pork Belly and Cuda. Maybe you take a snow day today. At least you call it a snow day. Don't go to work and then head to Pork Belly and Cuna to right. have your breakfast. Maybe you can't normally do that on Friday, but here's your chance to do it. Take a snow day. Pork Belly will be open as usual at 7 a.m. Boise State announced the signing of another football player from the transfer portal Thursday, and it's a somewhat familiar name. Tevin Griffey is a 5'11", 175-pound defensive back, transferring from Florida A&M, and he is the son of Baseball Hall of Famer Ken Griffey Jr. What? Which makes him the grandson of Ken Griffey Sr., the right fielder who won two World Series titles with the Cincinnati Reds in the 1970s. Griffey will join the Broncos for spring practices and is enrolled this semester. The Boise State men's basketball team is on the road tonight in Reno to play the Nevada Wolfpack. The game tips off at 8.30 Mountain Time. The Broncos are 11-4 overall. Nevada is 15-1, and they are a a 6.5-point favorite. Four Boise State players are averaging in double figures this season. Tyson Degenhart and Chibuzo Abo lead the team, each scoring 15.1 points per game, followed by Omar Stanley at 13.1 and Max Rice at 11.7, and that's sports. I saw last night I was watching uh, social media and yeah. the post that uh, Tevin Griffey had signed, and it's pretty interesting to uh, see people commenting on it. Uh, you know, there were so many people that said, well, first of all, he was only playing at Florida A&M, and uh, he hadn't played a whole lot. He has two years of eligibility remaining, mm-hmm. number one. And number two, this uh, signing is is also more about just how good he possibly could be mm-hmm. once coached up by Boise State coaches. And Florida A&M is, is one of the best Yeah, HBCS, is that right? Historically FC, black. FCS. Oh, wait, well, historically yeah. black. Uh, Colleges and universities, yeah, HBCU. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Is one of the best in right. the nation. Now, here's the other thing that people seem to forget. I read this on ESPN, Sports Illustrated, and a variety of other outlets. This is also a huge PR thing for Boise State. You don't see getting mentioned, oh, such and such, son. Now, yeah. you saw you saw the number one quarterback in the nation in the 20, or number one player in the nation in ESPN's right. rankings in 2023 signed with Boise. That was big news. Now you get this on top of it. You start to have people paying attention to Boise well, State and, and, and players get, paying attention going, what's going on at Boise State? I mean, you get within six degrees of a celebrity and people pay attention yeah. anyway. Like, I mean, Brett Rippon, you know, he was Mark Rippon's yep, nephew. Yep. And so people always paid attention to him. Here's the uh, other cool news. Uh, are you telling me Ken Griffey Jr. isn't going to come watch his son play football I, at Boise State I, University? I, I bet he will. <laughs> I bet he will, it's, too. It's not like he's got baseball games to play. So uh, this is really good news, and who knows? He could be coached up. He's got two years of eligibility remaining. Coaches could get a hold of him, and he could be a, a stalwart right and, now, a preferred and, walk-on. And his family's known to have a little athletic talent. Yeah, just a little.
Get 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 624, it is 30 degrees in downtown Boise. Drive carefully on your way to work this morning. Uh, could see a lot of snow uh, over the next three days, which would be added on to the uh, over five inches of snow that we received earlier this week. Now, a good portion of that has uh, melted already. Uh, this one, probably not going to melt. Coming up this morning, uh, first week of the uh, Idaho legislature. Talked to Governor Brad Little yesterday, and if you missed that interview about his goals, plans, what he hopes to have the legislature accomplish, you can uh, check out our podcast. It is at KBOI.com. Just click on the podcasts, Casper uh, and Chris. Did we get a separate podcast up for him? Okay, so it's just a part of the podcast. Um, also, uh, during the legislative session, we like to talk to the lawmakers to find out what's going on, plans, and how uh, feelings of the uh, particular lawmakers from both parties go. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to talk uh, probably every other week to the two Democrats that are in Okay, there's a little more than that, but not quite. Um, <laughs> Democratic Representative John Gannon, his uh, first of what I'm sure will be many appearances here on <laughs> News Talk KBOI, District 17 in Boise, will be with us coming up this morning at about 8.35. And then uh, at 8.45, uh, Speaker of the House, Mike Moyle, District 10 in Star, will be with us. We'll talk about the first week of the uh, legislature. You know how many Democrats are on JFAC this year? Two. Three. Three. I was off by one. Dang yes, you it. Were. Ah. Also, this morning, now, remember, for the second time, this has never happened before, five years. This week, I've been working here for five years. Mm-hmm. It's never happened before in the history of the five years that we've been doing. The Casper and Chris damn near impossible question. We had two times this week where we did not get a person that answered the question correctly. So, it wasn't a damn near impossible question. It turned into an impossible no. question. Do, that, do, 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 do we need to lighten the obscurity a little, or do we? <laughs> well, I mean, it's only happened twice yeah. this week. I, I mean, the other two times it was fine. Um, so this morning, I promised we were going to give away uh, a $50 gift certificate to Biscuit and Hogs, and this is open to everybody. You don't have to be smart. You don't have to know how to use the Google machine. Um, everybody is going to be open, and starting right now, if you want to text the word piggy, that's it. Piggy, you got a $50 gift certificate to Biscuit and Hogs. We'll give that away. One person will be chosen at random from everybody who texts in the word Piggy. Do you know uh, how many children over the years have misunderstood the meaning of this little piggy goes to market? (laughs) Probably most, I would say. They think he went shopping. Yeah, he didn't go shopping. He went to the market. It's a completely different thing. Indeed. Uh, So there you go. Start texting away, 208-336-3700. Ben Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 6.42, it is 30 degrees in downtown Boise. Snow continues to come down. We've got a winter storm warning through uh, pretty much most of Idaho. This is uh, happening not just here in the Treasure Valley. It is southwest Idaho, southern Idaho, southeastern Idaho, uh, it's into the mountain areas. By the way, as bad as we could see it here today, expecting uh, winds that could see 45 miles an hour during the uh, snow that we get, um, nothing close to what uh, the Magic Valley is expecting. They have a blizzard warning for later today, expecting winds up to 60 miles an hour 
with even more snow expected in through the Magic Valley. For those of you who have to be on the roads for some reason, okay. For those who don't have to be on the roads, I don't care what direction you're going to be I'm, traveling. I'm thinking unless you're taking somebody to the hospital, you know, don't. there might not be a good enough reason to be on the road today. Yeah. Now, here in the Treasure Valley, not as bad as some areas. Um, they do, I saw a warning yesterday, it said that tomorrow, for instance, Saturday, if you don't have to travel in mountain areas, uh, it's probably best to stay off the roads tomorrow because they are expecting a massive amount of snow also in the mountain areas. So just be aware, um, you know, it'd be great if all the predictions and the doom and gloom end up being a lot about nothing, that it's not near as bad as everybody is saying, but um, it's better to be uh, safe and sorry and uh, better to be prepared. The uh, As you have heard in the news, and we've mentioned it, uh, I, the Idaho Transportation Department is already out this morning. Uh, the Ada County Highway District also on 24-hour notice. Um, they've basically been working around the clock and will for the next few days. So uh, coming in, now this was uh, granted an uh, hour and a half, two hours ago, the I-84 commute wasn't bad. It was just wet roads because they had, had de-icers out that were already laying down um, de-icers. And I don't know if it has gotten worse with more snow that has been falling over the last couple of hours. But if you want to call us and let us know how things are moving along, love to hear from you this morning. It's also Open Phones Friday. Keep that in mind. You, whatever you want to talk about. You want to talk about something we talked about earlier this week or you have something on a completely different subject, please feel free. Give us a call. That's what Fridays is all about. 208-336-3700. Toll free from wherever you might be listening. one 800 529 You can also email or text us this morning. Time for a check on what's going on. Another update on sports with Chris. Brought to you by Pork Belly and Cuda. Check out their menu before you head on out. You don't have to sit there and uh, wait while you go over their great menu. ThePorkBellyIdaho.com Boise State's men's basketball team plays at Nevada tonight at 8.30 Mountain Time. Nevada is a six-and-a-half-point favorite in regional and top 25 NCAA games Thursday. Number 25, Florida Atlantic, got by Tulane, 85-84. Texas Rio Grande Valley beat Seattle in overtime, 81-80. Texas Arlington topped Utah Valley, 83-69. Number 10, Illinois edged Michigan State, 71-68. Montana State beat Northern Arizona, 79-50. Northern Colorado topped Montana in overtime, 98-92. Utah Tech beat Stephen F. Austin State 75-70. Utah embarrassed UCLA 90-44. Sacramento State topped Weber State 71-69. Santa Clara upset number 23 Gonzaga 77-76. Idaho State topped Portland State 69-63. Washington beat Arizona State 82-67. St. Mary's clobbered Portland 95-52. And Stanford beat Oregon State in overtime, 88-84. There was history making basketball in the NBA last night. Playing at home, the Oklahoma City Thunder beat the Portland Trailblazers 139-77. to Did that Portland go home at halftime? No, but <laughs> that is a 62-point margin of victory, which is wow. the fifth largest in NBA history. The Thunder dished a franchise record 41 assists in the game. The uh, Trailblazers franchise also set a record. They're now the only team ever to be beaten by at least 60 points twice. Wow. Portland lost to Indiana by 65 points in 1998. The Thunder have been on the losing side of a game like this once before, losing by 73 points to Memphis 
in 2021. That's sports. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Seven oh seven. He's Chris Walton. I'm Mike Casper. Thanks for listening. And phone lines are open two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred one eight hundred five two nine five two six four. It's open phones Friday. Uh, you can also email Chris at kboi dot com. Mike at kboi dot com. You can text us. Uh, while you're texting, by the way, don't forget, uh, text to win a fifty dollars gift certificate to Biscuit and Hogs just by texting the word piggy. P-I-G-G-Y to 208-336-3700. Um, in case you missed, uh, I didn't quite get to our entire damn near impossible question. Another $50 gift certificate coming up in the 8 o'clock hour this morning. Uh, Stephen Lamorte set to direct an untitled horror comedy based on Mickey Mouse. In it, a sadistic Mickey Mouse will torment a group of unsuspecting ferry passengers. Production is set to begin this spring. Now, in the past, he would never have been able to make such a movie. Why is that? What's the specific reason that he can start making it this spring, but before now would not have been able to do so? If you know the answer, stick around coming up here at 820. You uh, heard the ESPN music just a few minutes ago. If uh, you happen to be an ESPN employee and you've won an Emmy over the uh, past 25 years, not so fast, my friend. Self-proclaimed worldwide leader in sports, also leader in delivering fake Emmy Awards. It was revealed in a report by The Atlantic, which revealed that ESPN made up fake names for Emmy Awards for the purpose of honoring on-air talent that was not eligible to receive awards. So they would make up the names, they would submit, submit the names for, you know, like best grip boy or producer or whatever, and then... The Emmy, they would get the Emmy and they would change the names to people like Kirk Herbstreet or Lee Corso. Some members. It would be difficult not to be aware of that. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. I mean, we have an awards. Oh, I lost at the at the awards ceremony last night. Well, no, you didn't actually. Uh, Here you are. We we have awards for the Idaho State Broadcasting Association every year, which you know we we apply for, Um, and if we are nominated. We find out we're nominated. Mm-hmm. How, how did Kirk Herbstreet, Lee Corso, who, by the way, uh, stars? those are some of the stars that receive these fake Emmys. Desmond Howard, Samantha Ponder, among those to receive Emmys. For instance, I think Lee Corso has won seven Emmys. Kirk Herbstreet has won six Emmys. And all turned out to be now, not real. Why, now, why are these guys not eligible for those Emmys? Because uh, the are only eligible as a group for the show. Now, this changed. They can now, but up until, I think, a year or two ago, um, only the show was eligible. Could could get an Emmy. Yeah, so you could get an Emmy for the show, but not as an individual. Couldn't take it home and put it on your mantle, probably. Well, now you can't. Now that you can't now, because they have to return all their Emmys that they have won. One-twentieth of the time. As I mentioned. Okay, but those... The face of, right. for instance, some of these shows were people who won Emmys that weren't real. Like I said, it, it would be it, they, Kirk Herbstreet, and in, by the way, ESPN is also saying that the people that won the Emmys weren't aware that they weren't real Emmys. 
But like I said, wouldn't you know yeah, that you, you were nominated? You, I mean, for some well, of you, you, you would, would want to show up if you were, right? You would know that you were not nominated, and then suddenly somebody comes and says, oh, by the way, you won this yeah, last night. I don't know if you saw this or not, but here's your Emmy. Funny, that's not what it said in the paper. Um, Which was what we used to have before the internet. Adam Sharp uh, said in an email to The Atlantic that they identified a number of fictitious credits submitted by ESPN to multiple sports Emmy uh, competitions. When brought to the attention of ESPN senior management, the network took steps to take responsibility for the action to its personnel, to investigate thoroughly, and to course correct. These steps have included the return of ESPN's statuettes issued to the fictitious individuals and commitments to implement further internal accountability and procedural changes at the network. Shelly Smith, who had uh, won two fake Emmys, and had them taken away from her, said, I think this is really crummy what they did to me and others. I sat next to her at a ball game one time, and she just talked incessantly. (laughs) ESPN's punishment, including the returning of the trophies, is a one-year ban from the Emmys for senior leadership, along with two individuals, ESPN executive Craig Lazarus and former ESPN employee and College Day executive Lee Fitting being uh, named ineligible for any future Emmys. Now, this is all fine and good the part that really sucks because they believe that this may go back all the way to 1997 you know i i understand there were people who won fake emmys but here's the part that really sucks since 1997 we don't know how many emmys i guess it's 37 total emmys um, that they've deemed that were fake Hmm. that's 37 times that somebody else would have won an emmy i still don't completely understand the the logistics of it but uh I mean, anything you, anything you win where you have to cheat in some way, it's not even worth having. Yeah, I, I, I just don't get that. And like I said, the worst part of this is you can think back, think back to the times maybe that you were nominated and didn't get the Emmy, and now you found out you didn't get the Emmy because one of these guys, you know, ESPN won the Emmy and took the name off the trophy and mm-hmm. awarded it to somebody else. You, you're like, did I get screwed? Yeah, yeah, you did. It's maybe the dumb. I mean, I know we're only the second week into the new year, and there's going to be a lot of dumb stories that come out. Um, this may be one of the dumbest uh, of the entire year, my personal opinion. 208 336 pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, we're taking your emails. It's open phones Friday. You can talk about whatever you want to talk about uh, today. Just got this one in. Um, what's wrong with you guys? Oh, well, start with. You're a couple of women. Ever since COVID, you got in the habit of being borderline hysterical over our almost benign virus, and now you've moved on to being paranoid about the weather. It's only two inches, for God's sake. It's almost like you're working for someone, trying to groom your audience to believe snow is unusual and scary, Um, like maybe it's climate change. Knock it off. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response... Were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought? Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. I'll even get rid of the last part. Uh, I'm not even going to say may God um, have mercy on your soul. uh, Let's see. I know several people who have died from COVID, so it is dangerous. Fake news, Uh, Chris. This guy just said it's not a problem. Yeah, and uh, I'd love to meet him sometime, but You you know what? I bet that's a false statement, too. Just because my brother was in intensive care for 11 days with COVID 
doesn't okay. mean this guy is wrong. Also, we're supposed to get about three inches of snow today and about eight more tomorrow. And that does tend to pile up, and it tends to cause a lot of traffic problems and a lot of problems for people even in a city like Boise. You know, I mean, I mean we're not Los Angeles where if they get a little hail, they have to close down oh, everything. But and, and by the way, no name on this, so I'll just call you idiot number one. Idiot number one, we got officially 5.2 inches of snow earlier hmm. this week. So your whole two inches thing, throw that out the... A matter of fact, just delete your email um, and our email address maybe. Do yourself a favor before you hurt yourself. Yes, your uh, your criticism is appreciated, but uh, not by us. KBY News Time, 715. Let's get another check on what's going on. Sports brought to you by Pork Belly. Hey, they're open for breakfast, and they're open on the coffee drive-thru. Get in this morning. It took the New England Patriots no time at all to hire a new head coach. Bill Belichick and the team parted ways Thursday, and this morning, Patriots owner Robert Kraft announced that the new head coach is Jared Mayo. Mayo has spent the last five seasons coaching New England's linebackers. He played linebacker at Tennessee and was drafted 10th overall by the Patriots in 2008. He was named the 2008 Defensive Rookie of the Year in the NFL, and he played with New England until his retirement as a player in 2015. Boise State announced the signing of another football player from the transfer portal Thursday, and it's a somewhat familiar name. Tevin Griffey is a 5'11", 170-pound defensive back transferring from Florida A&M, and he is the son of baseball Hall of Famer Ken Griffey Jr., which makes him the grandson of Ken Griffey Sr., the right fielder who won two World Series titles with the Cincinnati Reds in the 1970s. Griffey will join the Broncos for spring practices and is enrolled this semester. That's sports. Casper and Chris on iHeartRadio app. We are News Talk KBOI. So off yesterday, uh, saw modest gains. Uh, did set on the Dow uh, a new record for a time yesterday afternoon. However, I think it was only up 15 points by the close of uh, business. Nick Daniels once again with us today filling in for Jeremiah Bates, who's been out this week uh, sick. Now, uh, you know, Maybe, maybe not. I can see sick the first couple of days, but it gets to Friday. He's probably going, you know, what's it? It's not going to be that bad for Nick to take over one more day for me, and I'll just take Friday off, right? You you know, come on, you be honest. You know, I think that's the uh, that's probably the advantage of working with a great team. I uh, wanted to talk this morning. Uh, consumer price index numbers came out yesterday. This morning, uh, producer price index uh, came out. First of all, explain to our listeners difference between consumer price and producer price index, and then what did the numbers say? Yeah, so the consumer price index is exactly what it sounds like. It's what we as consumers are paying for goods and services, whether we're going to restaurants or, or buying clothes or whatever. That's That's the price we're paying. The producer price index, that's... What are the producers paying for either the raw materials or sometimes the finished products that they're then going to turn around and sell to us as consumers? So when the producer price index, we get the numbers today that it fell one-tenth of a percent from November to December, that's great news. This was the third month in a row that the producer prices fell. Now, compared to a year ago, or this time last year, the producer price index was up 1%. So compare that to yesterday's numbers. Consumer price index was up 3.4% year over year. The producer price was up 1% year over year. Hmm. There's a little bit of a difference there, meaning that the lower prices that the producers are paying are not necessarily getting passed directly on to us as oh, consumers. Sons of 
Bitches. Wait a second. You mean that maybe we've gotten accustomed to paying certain prices and the producers know that? And they're like, hey, maybe we can just get by with continuing to charge these prices. I don't know. Like, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but that's what the numbers are showing us. So, yeah, that's not, that's not really a conspiracy. If, I mean, <laughs> the numbers are bearing that out. It's like they're getting charged a certain amount and they're not lowering the prices to the consumer. It, well, exactly. I mean, even uh, there were articles out uh, over the last couple of days talking about used car prices, that people had thought used car prices are going to start dropping, but they really have not dropped at all. We didn't see a drop in the in the last quarter of 2023. And again, why is that? Well, it's kind of, uh, you know, people have gotten accustomed to paying certain prices and sellers have gotten accustomed to saying, well, if I can continue to get this price, why not? I mean, think about it. Like, if we could somehow charge listeners to listen to the radio and they continued to pay to listen to us for some odd reason, well, we'd be fools to give give it away for free again once people have gotten used to paying for it. So interesting stuff. All right. We'll keep an eye on things. As of right now, um, it looks like at least for the uh, NASDAQ and S&P, it's going to be opening up. Dow isn't down a whole bunch. We could see this jump right at the Somebody, opening, as a matter of fact. Somebody's breakfast is hot, by the way. Yeah, that's my uh, French press telling me it's time to uh, get the coffee ready. <laughs> well, then let's quit so you can go get your coffee. Um, thanks for filling in. Um, we're off Monday, so but I'm, I'm guessing Jeremiah will probably be back Tuesday, but we'll get some updates throughout the morning. And uh, thank you for all you did this week. All right. Thanks, guys. For your Google Play, simply say, hey, Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 742-208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. You also uh, can get us toll-free from wherever you might be listening this morning at 1-800-529-5264. Don't forget, you're texting the word piggy right now, 208-336-3700. One person uh, is going to get a $50 gift certificate. Biscuit and Hogs. This is uh, from our question that nobody answered yesterday. So this is a bonus Biscuit and Hogs this morning. Make sure if you haven't texted yet, feel free to text and win. Wanted to uh, quickly uh, talk about a story. Um, Is this proof that fences do not work? A fence installed at a church near Dallas was put up there because they had a bunch of thefts happening within their church. Did it stop the thefts? Not really, because apparently somebody stole the fence. (laughs) So we have this finely cut piece of round iron fence gone. So they had to use some type of saw. God bless you, but the wrath of God will be upon you for taking from the house of God. (laughs) You know, and he reminds me of me. In fairness, they didn't take away from the house of God. They took away from the fence of the house of God. Bless you, my son, but God probably will strike you dead by noon. Oh, my gosh. You put up a fence to stop theft, and the fence gets stolen. That's funny. You can't can't write comedy You know how they're going to sell it? They're going to fence it. (laughs) (laughs) You're not wrong. That's the crazy part. You're not wrong. Somebody will melt them down and and, turn them into foils that will be used for fencing. Um. Text message, Ian, uh, it is Open Phones Friday. Um, this person writes in, I am stunned that the private medical issue with Lloyd Austin having prostate cancer was released to the media. Wouldn't Biden and his cabinet be enough to know? What about medical privacy? You know, 
if the fact that Biden had been told that Lloyd Austin was having prostate cancer surgery and that he ended up having suffered problems and had to be taken to the hospital in an ambulance where he was in ICU for four days, if Joe Biden had been told that, this would probably not be a a story at all. I don't even know if we would have heard about it. The only way they would know about it is if Austin himself told them because of HIPAA. The doctors cannot tell anybody without uh, Austin's permission. So if they talk to uh, anybody, it was with his permission, or it was him that told everybody. Yeah, and, and Lloyd Austin was the one that did finally tell everybody. Like I said, if he, he, he didn't tell anybody in the Pentagon. He didn't tell Joe Biden. He didn't tell the person that was filling in for him that he was going to be out for a few days, just said, hey, I'm going to be working for home. Um, I need you to take over my in-office meetings. Um, she went on vacation to Puerto Rico, apparently, and then when he went to the hospital, there was nobody in charge for four days, and even the president didn't know about it. Like I said, if the president had known about this, we wouldn't even be hearing about it right now because people were questioning it. It's like, all right, where's Lloyd Austin? How come we can't get a hold of anybody in the you know that's, that's running what Lloyd Austin is supposed yeah. to be doing, and the person that's supposed to be second in charge is on vacation. That's the only reason we even know about this and why Austin had to finally fess up that he had had prostate cancer right. surgery. So it was him. When you're having like a serious medical emergency, sometimes everything else seems very insignificant. Yep. Totally agree. Thanks for the uh, text message. Time for a final check on what's going on with sports once again this morning. Brought to you by our friends at Pork Belly and Cuna. They're there every morning. Even wind, rain, sleet, or snow. Chef Wally is there to make sure that you're going to get a delicious breakfast, lunch, or even delicious breakfast at lunch if you want. They serve breakfast the entire time they're open. Get into Pork Belly today uh, or any day, seven days a week from 7 a.m. to 2 p.m. The Boise State men's basketball team is on the road tonight in Reno to play the Nevada Wolfpack. The game tips off at 8.30 Mountain Time. The Broncos are 11-4 and overall. Nevada is 15-1, and and they are a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Four Boise State players are averaging in double figures this season. Tyson Degenhart and Chibuzo Abo lead the team, each scoring 15.1 points per game, followed by Omar Stanley at 13.1 and Max Rice at 11.7. Boise State announced the signing of another football player from the transfer portal Thursday, and it's a somewhat familiar name. Tevin Griffey is a 5'11", 175-pound defensive back transferring from Florida A&M, and he is the son of Baseball Hall of Famer Ken Griffey Jr., which makes him also the grandson of Ken Griffey Sr., the right fielder who won two World Series titles with the Reds in the 70s. Griffey will join the Broncos for spring practices and is enrolled this semester. That's sports. The Great One, Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 753-208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. It is Open Phones Friday. You can also email us, Mike, at KBOI.com or Chris at KBOI.com. Uh, Idaho legislature got underway this week. Governor Brad Little was with us earlier this week, and uh, from now until the end of the legislative session, just like we do every single year, we'll be talking to the lawmakers, and uh, coming up this morning at about 8.35, Democratic Representative John Gannon, District 17 in Boise, will be with us. We'll also be talking at about 8.45 with uh, Republican Speaker of the House, Mike Moyle, District 10 in Star. They will be with us uh, this morning. We'll be talking about the first week, if there were any surprises uh, with some of the bills that were introduced this week. 
Uh, a new bill introduced yesterday in the Idaho legislature would make it a crime to use sexually explicit images generated by artificial intelligence to harass victims or extort money from the victim depicted. I hope that when this law, uh, this prospective law, gets further into the Idaho legislature, that they take this further than just that. Um, I personally, this is my personal opinion, um, believe that you should not be able to make a fake AI-generated, sexually explicit photo or video of anybody using their face in somebody else's yeah. body. Not, not just to harass victims or extort money. I think you shouldn't be allowed to do that at all. And it is being done a lot. If you follow social media right now, um, it's done a lot with celebrities. And there's not a lot celebrities can do about it because um, they're celebrities and they're considered part of the public and you don't have protections yeah. like a private person would. Um, so I don't, I don't know what's going to happen about this, but the bill was introduced uh, yesterday in the House Judiciary Rules and Administration Committee and voted to introduce, they voted to introduce the bill, um, which is sponsored by Julianne Young of uh, Blackfoot. It's one of the bills that been introduced so far this week. We'll talk about those, like I said, coming up here uh, next hour. Um, if you have questions that you maybe would like us to ask one of the representatives that are going to be with us coming up this morning, feel free to uh, go ahead and email us, chris at kboi.com and mike at kboi.com. Uh, a couple of emails uh, in. It is Open Phones Friday where we'll talk about anything you want to talk about. Uh, Greg writes in, I want to talk about COVID. My company was supposed to was supposedly going to terminate any employee that not, did not get a vaccination. Well, they never did. However, now, all this time later, they're still trying to replace the employees that quit and move to other jobs when they were told that they had to get vaxxed. Well, that's the punishment. That's the punishment. Now, they can't find employees to work for them after they threatened to fire them if they didn't get vaccinated. Um, that's, that's their did punishment. He, did he mention what industry he's in? He didn't, he didn't say. Uh, another email, Mike at KBOI.com. My wife just bought home, brought home $70 worth of groceries. It was pathetic. It's ridiculous not to be able to afford food these days. It's inexcusable. I'm guessing that $70 worth of groceries probably filled up maybe one That's, or two groceries. That was my, my old joke. My dad was stronger at 80 than he was at 20. Because <laughs> when he was 20, he couldn't lift $50 worth of groceries. Um, another one, and this is a subject that we talked about uh, earlier this week. Our schools take attendance every day so that they can collect funds per child attending. They are given 8000 per student per year. That's not enough money for schooling, teachers, maintenance, etc. Question mark. What the, can't say that word, uh, 20 kids per classroom, $160,000 of which 60000 goes to the teacher. The other 100000 per classroom isn't enough to maintain the school building. Money only goes up in classes of 30. Why does the governor think that the schools need another $2 billion? Um, because I think he's being told that school buildings are falling down and have leaky mm-hmm. roofs or need um, new. I mean, there's a lot of schools in this, in this state asked, that I, run in on the yeah. uh, old, what's the, the, the old way to heat the, the boilers? Boilers. Boilers are just not efficient, but there's a lot of schools that can't afford to upgrade their um, HVAC system, so they're still running on boilers. They don't explode as often as they used to, though. 
Um, two are making them out of better stuff. Three three six thirty seven hundred. The night at ten. It's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris live and local on News Talk KBOI. Trump defied the judge and plowed ahead with a terse statement he was never authorized to give. I'm an innocent man, Trump said. I've been persecuted by someone running for office. Ignoring the judge's ground rules to stick to the facts, Trump sat at the defense table and attacked the case, saying what's happened here, sir, is a fraud on me. He attacked New York Attorney General Letitia James. She sued me, he said, to try to get publicity. And he attacked the judge, complaining, you can't listen for one minute. The judge told Trump's attorney, control your client. The judge finally holding up his phone to signal Trump's time was up. (laughs) The closing arguments yesterday in the Donald Trump civil court case on uh, potential fraud. Now, the judge has already ruled before the the, uh, case even started that he was guilty. Now, all of this has to do with how much money is he going to uh, have to pay. We probably are going to get a verdict sometime later this month. Don't know how long it's going to take for the judge to uh, come up with that. But And people will say exactly what they say every time there's news about one of these trials. Now, which one is this? <laughs> <laughs> he does have a lot of news going on in the trials. Now, yesterday, after the judge shut him up in court, he did uh, set up outside the courtroom for reporters, um, you know, and once again said that, all this was a lie, that it's politically motivated, and that Attorney General Letitia James was coming after him uh, specifically just to get him. James, meanwhile, um, had a press conference later after uh, Trump and uh, said that politics have nothing to do with this case and that she wasn't motivated uh, in any way, shape, or form in just trying to get Trump. Now, that would be a little bit more believable from her had she not actually had this to say when she was campaigning before she was attorney general the president of the united states has complained that i'm engaging in some sort of political witch hunt that i've got some personal vendetta against him that i campaigned against him that is not true this illegitimate no, president who sits in the white house that president because he's not my president he's an illegitimate president his days are numbered And we've got to get ready to agitate and irritate until victory is won, but more importantly, until Trump is defeated. We will all rise up and resist this man and ultimately will bring him down. This illegitimate president, I'm going to give you the same level of respect that you gave to President Obama, and that is absolutely no respect at all. Those are uh, all uh, Letitia James during campaign stops while she was running for attorney, oh, attorney general. She sounded like several people there at the end. She wanted to uh, get Donald Trump even before she was attorney general. So, like I said, it would be more believable to say, hey, th- th- this has nothing to do with politics and I'm not trying to get Trump had she not already said that I'm trying to get Trump. Is, is there anything that has nothing to do with politics? I would say no. Yeah. Um, in this day and age, you know, maybe the weather. 
The what? Talking about the weather today. No, talking about the weather has to do with politics because somebody will bring up climate change, <laughs> and then people will sit there and argue, and and you know See, they might freeze to death. Now you brought up climate change, and now it's become political, Chris. Damn it, you! It already was. Damn All I'm you! Doing is pointing it out. Damn you! Um, okay, I don't argue with that, but I'm just pointing it out. Speaking of the uh, weather, um, with the, all the snow that we've already received, that we're going to receive, avalanche danger in Idaho has heightened. As a matter of fact, um, it's already become deadly. The Shoshone County Sheriff's Office used GPS tracking and text messages to find the men trapped in the backcountry near the Idaho-Montana border. Before the avalanche, a weather station showed 25 inches of new snow in the past five days on top of a 10-inch base from earlier in the winter. Two of the men were rescued, one with a broken arm. They told first responders their friend had died in the avalanche. But conditions kept search and rescue crews from recovering the body last night. Jim Ryan, ABC News. Grand Jean Summit yesterday, uh, avalanche hit. So Grand Jean Summit closed yesterday due to uh, avalanche Yesterday and continuing continuing avalanche dangers. Now, Grand Jean Summit sees avalanches every winter. Nothing new. But it is something to uh, be aware about if you are out and about. Um, and, I mean, there have been times in the past where avalanches have happened and they were never able to recover the body um, for years until the snow or earlier, later in the spring when all the snow melted, then the body was found. Um so it's it's going to depend on here whether or not they know exactly where this body that disappeared in northern Idaho is after recovery efforts will continue. But um, the snow conditions got so bad that they weren't able to continue. All right. Uh, Spider and Eagle listening on 670 AM this morning. Good morning. You're on News Talk KBI. Good morning. Well, it just goes to show you that even as an attorney general, she's dishonest and corrupt. Because, you know, she straight up caught on video and audio, uh, totally implying that it's politically motivated, yet she will totally uh, deny it, disavow herself and, and deny it uh, when asked the question, you know. So she's just as corrupt and dishonest as all the rest of them. That's politics, right? Yeah, unfortunate. Thank you for the call, Spider. Um, another story we'll talk about. We're we're up on time here, um, but the you know bringing up the cases as Chris mentioned. You know which case are you talking about? <laughs> um, Want to talk a little bit about this because calls for arrest of the Georgia District Attorney Fannie Willis are starting to grow as uh, the process to prosecute Trump in Georgia is unfolding. Um, she is uh, being accused right now of. Allegations of improper personal relationship uh, between her and the special prosecutor, Nathan Wade, who she appointed to handle the Trump's case. And apparently there uh, are allegations that there is a uh, romance between the two of them and that she has given him um, large amounts of money to uh, prosecute, giving him the job. And the allegations are the only reason that he got the job to prosecute and the money that he received is because the two are dating. Mm. Who's making these allegations? Uh, quite a few people as of right now. They have anything in common, these people? Uh, other than the fact some of them are lawyers, uh, no. Okay. Um, so I don't, I don't know how much of it is true, uh, but right now there are accusations uh, being hurled about um, 
and it is being investigated. So I'm sure that within the next couple of weeks, we can find out if any of that is going to be true. But that's in, once again, when you go, which court case is that? That's the Georgia court case, which is um, hasn't begun as of yet, but they're hoping to get underway within the next few months. KBY Newstime 813, we'll take a break here coming up. Chance for you to win your... Biscuit and Hogs $50 gift certificate, and we'll get to that right after Bronco Sports today. Traffic. Powered by Beacon Plumbing. Stop freaking. Call Beacon. KBOI. Traffic. The states of the state and Governor Brad Little, the legislature, of course, got in session. And during the legislative session, we always bring in the lawmakers that are making the laws to talk about those. And starting out the first this week, instead of saving the best for last, um, he gets to come in <laughs> first. Democratic Representative John Gannon, District 17 in Boise. Great to see you again and welcome. Good to see you guys. There is uh, a lot, especially going on in the first part of the legislative session, uh, I, I realize, about technology. Yeah. And yes. I'd like to delve into that with you a little bit this morning. Um, one of the things we talked about earlier on our show is a uh, new bill that was introduced uh, banning explicit AI media to harass or extort victims. Um, and I had mentioned earlier this morning that I don't think this law goes far enough. I don't think you should be able to do this, period, mm-hmm. let alone just to do those specific things. Um, we were talking a little bit off air. This is this is just the first of what you uh, say are going to be a few different bills on AI. Definitely. Uh, there's two more coming that I know of that I've read. And one deals with political campaigns and having fake pictures, fake AI pictures of uh, candidates maybe saying something that is um, um, uh, not that the real candidate would never say. And then there's another one on uh, uh, pornography uh, where uh, there's fake AI pornography uh, that includes um, a a recognized person uh, in in the in the uh, in the depictions and uh, you know really when you start thinking about it um, we probably need a real generic bill just saying AI depicting uh, people uh, in compromising positions or saying anything or or making public statements or whatever it, it it ought to be very very seriously uh, we, uh, deterred. We talked about this when the internet was new, but it, it's difficult to uh, make legislation about brand new technology. It, it certainly is, and uh, the the federal government, uh, Congress has been looking at a uh, an all encompassing bill, and there's a there's several um, papers on it, uh, and. Uh, uh, they still haven't come up with the legislation. Really, federal, national legislation is really the solution because you're going to see some of this AI come from offshore. And it, you had mentioned uh, the bill that could be coming uh, about using AI for campaigns to depict people that you know, knowing that it's not them. Is this kind of preemptive, or has this? Do you know if this has happened in uh, past? campaigns where people were using um, AI to use to make fake comments from attributed to certain campaigners. It's gotten so sophisticated that as I understand it, uh, the capability is, is there or almost there. And it's felt by a lot of people that it will be there uh, by the time of the general election. What would you like to see past this session more than anything? Um, 
well, actually, I'd like to see uh, the school buildings um, uh, passed because uh, we, many of our rural districts do not have the property tax base to support school buildings and uh, or to to update their their old buildings. And uh, it's it, sometimes we in Boise forget that we have this very very big tax base here uh, that uh, that can support our our uh, schools. But our rural areas, uh, yeah. uh, primarily agriculture mm-hmm. or or whatever, um, don't have that. And so I think we, we need to address that in some way. Is this going to be hard to pass? Because so far this seems bipartisan. The governor says it's a goal of his. Um, so if it seems like everybody's in agreement, um, does that mean it's going to get easily passed? Or is it mm-hmm. politics as usual and mm-hmm. nobody's going to like what is in the details? Well, that's uh, that's uh, we haven't seen the bill. We haven't seen a bill yet. And once you see the bill, is when when uh, um, things get uh, get a little more. Right. It's just uh, it's just weird that you know you know the years that I've been doing this, you don't very often see uh, you know a Republican say, "Yeah, we need to get this done," and then right after that, a Democrat say, "Yeah, we need to get this done." And it's like, oh, that's kind of weird. I don't even know how to react. <laughs> well, I think, you know, nationally, you almost see that on immigration. Yeah, you yeah. You know, uh, uh, to bring up a real hot-button issue, oh, yeah, we need mm. to do something. We need to do something, but we can't agree on what to do. Another uh, bill on technology, wanted to get your thoughts on that. And, uh, another one that we talked about earlier this week, um, social media sites and trying to limit social media sites, you know, via government regulations, mm-hmm. um, helping parents to not have minors be able to get on things like TikTok. Facebook uh, limiting their access to that. What are your thoughts? Well, I, I think we're going to have to see what the bill is and how restrictive it is, and and uh, and uh, where it's directed. And also, I in the back of my mind, I have a question about the uh, legal authority a state has to regulate national social media. I, I and I don't know where that's at. I know there is a a federal law that deals with. Uh, social media and uh, gives certain protections to social media, which I think needs to be re- revised and definitely needs to be revised so that there's less protections for um, improper conduct uh, by some of the some of the big companies. But um, uh, I'm not sure where that, you know, we right. really need to see that and, and make sure that we're not being, uh, and the term is preempted by uh, national laws, because if there's a conflict, then we're spinning our wheels. People we've talked to are kind of of two minds, that they do want children to be protected from a lot of things, but they also don't necessarily want the government to be completely in charge of communication. I think there's a, there's a middle ground somewhere in there, and uh, and that's what we're going to have to deal with, and that's why I say I'm, I, we're going to have to see the bill, see what uh, what legislators come up with, and uh, and then make judgments accordingly um there was a bill i think it was as a matter of fact the first bill uh introduced this legislative session um house bill 384 and i don't know if you've had a chance to read through that having to do with harmful materials in idaho libraries um this uh passed last year um and then uh was vetoed by the governor and ended up uh, lacking one vote needed to override the veto but it is back and some of the parts have changed to it um what what are your thoughts have you had a chance to read the bill is this is this good does this do enough not enough 
I've generally, I, I've generally read the bill, and it isn't too much different from last year. They reduced it from twenty five hundred to twenty two hundred and fifty dollars, right. the statutory fine, but or penalty. And um, I, I have concerns that uh, they didn't deal with attorneys' fees because attorneys' fees are probably going to be recoverable under that under that bill, um, and with the way, uh, and and there could be. Um, um, this could end up being, I won't say a gold mine, but it could end up being a silver mine right. for attorneys and not for <laughs> uh, protecting of the, uh, not for yeah. um, really dealing with uh, the issue they're looking at. I, uh, I have a lot of concerns about it, and um, um, and I, we'll see, we'll see where it goes in hearings. But I, I think as it's written now, um, it, it is not. Um, um, it, it, it's not uh, not a good bill. Representative uh, John Gannon, District 17 in Boise, thanks for uh, coming in. I know we're going to have a lot to talk about. This is just kind of the uh, beginning and getting underway. It's surprising. I know this is a campaign year, but we've had a lot more to talk about in the first week than we did, <laughs> for instance, uh, last year. I'm sure we're going to be talking to you uh, before the end of the legislative session again. But thanks for coming in, spending a few minutes with us this morning. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks a lot. KBY News Time is 846. News Talk KBOI covers the Idaho legislature, all of the issues, all of the debates. Today, we have Idaho State representatives joining Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. 851, uh, not just uh, representatives. Uh, this morning, we start off our first week talking to lawmakers, Republican Speaker of the House, Mike Moyle, District 10 in Star, 13th term in the uh, House for 12 of those terms. He is represented District 14th, good to see you again. Welcome into the studios. Thanks for having me. Good to be here. Want to get right to it. Um, Governor Little called for an increase to school facilities, uh, $200 million annual commitment. Um, and we talked a little bit about uh, that with Representative uh, Gannon. It seems like everybody is all in agreement in this particular instance. Is that true? Uh, well, yeah, we all want to do more for facilities, but the devil's in the details, right? Mm-hmm. So what are what are some of the things that um, are the are going to be the arguments as this bill goes forward? Well, if you remember last year when we did the property tax relief bill, one of the things we stuck in there was at the very bottom was money that went through to pay for bond payments, supplementals, and then the money that went to the end for facilities. And that was the bill, by the way, that the governor vetoed, if you all remember. Right. And and what we said was this year we were going to come back and allow them to bond if it got through through the process of paying those off. And so this year the governor is up the ante, which is a good thing to put more money into that program. But the the, the discussion is now: Do you have a separate path where you bond for the money and send it to them? Because some schools don't need facilities, right? They need other things. Right. And some schools are already paying for a bond. Do we punish them and not help pay the bond when they did the right thing to pass a bond? I don't think so. I think we should pay that bond payment for them if we can. So the, the discussion will be around how do we get money through the system that pays for those bonds, supplementals, plant facilities probably needs to be added, and have money at the bottom that they can bond for if they need a building. And then there's one other big concern that's been brought up, and that is the fact that if you make those payments and help do that, uh, you're incentivizing more supplementals and more more property taxes on the other side. So somehow we've got to limit that as we help help these school districts with their buildings. we got to make sure that we don't incentivize increases in property taxes at the same time. So there'll be a lot of discussion on how to, how to capture right. that, constrain it, but at the same time help provide a, a new funding for, 
for buildings, for those that need buildings, and the money to do other things for those that need other things done. So even though this seems bipartisan um, and everybody is saying that they want it, um, it could be very difficult uh, path forward to get everybody in agreement on how to do it. Exactly. You haven't seen a bill yet, right? So we don't know. <laughs> you don't know what the details are, and that's that's what's going on now is hashing it out. Yeah, you know, it's like last year the Democrats wanted property tax relief, but you know a lot of them would still would vote against the property tax relief bill. It's the same with this, right? That once once they know the details. Details, then you'll start seeing the water separate and you'll be able to figure out where the pros and cons are and how to navigate the legislative process to get it passed. It always seems like with every bill, there's like one good reason to vote for it and about eight not to, but you got to figure out what your priority is. Exactly. And when, you, and when you talk about politics and bills and all that, you know, it's at a 50,000 foot level, it all looks really good, right? Mm-hmm. It's wonderful. But then when you delve into the detail, it's not, everything's gray. You know, people all often think with bills, it's black and white because you talk about the subject, but not the details. Sometimes you, I could, I could say facilities are good, but I didn't tell you that, you know, just as an example, but I didn't tell you I was going to raise your property taxes a hundred percent, you know, so, so you got to delve into the details, see what's there. And then they'll deal with the gray to find a, find that spot where you accomplish your goal and don't do any harm on the other side. You, last year, the legislature took care, finally, after years and years of people, you know, asking and demanding that property taxes um, relief get taken care of. Um, and, it, and it seemed like every year heading into the legislature, that was the number one thing that um, people were talking about that needed to get done. Is there something this year, now that property taxes were taken care of last year, um, for the most part, is there uh, like a unifying thing that your constituents or a lot of the voters are asking get done in this legislative session? Well, you bring up property taxes. Before we go there, let's step back and take a look. Remember that property taxes, the state of Idaho does not collect and we do not spend them, right? That's all done by locally elected officials. And so the, as we've gone forward, we did provide a lot of property tax relief last year, a bunch. But when you look at your bills next year, you're going to see your property taxes go up. Why? Well, the local governments raise their budgets by, what, $80 million? They do that three years in a row, and all that tax relief goes away, for example, right? So I don't think property taxes ever leaves. I think it'll still be there. I, my concern is the state is putting a lot of money to subsidize those local budgets. That means I'm raising your income tax, or I have to keep your sales tax high to supplement that. But there'll be some push this year to do some income tax relief. I think that needs to happen. Idaho's still on the high end on income taxes. And we'll continue that fight every year, do just a little bit of tax relief and a little bit of tax relief. But, I, but I'm warning you, property tax relief that we did this year, which was amazing, in a few years, if those budgets aren't constrained at the local level, you'll hear that complaints again. And that's the hard part with property taxes. Because we don't collect and we don't spend and we don't do the budgets, but we get the blame for bad yeah. behavior by those There's always folks. good news and bad news, never just one or the other. Exactly. And, and, <laughs> and like I said, it was great, and I'm glad you brought it up. We did. We provided the relief, but I'm cautioning everybody listening, hey, watch, because they're going to start spending mm-hmm. you back into a hole. Got about here. Uh, 20 seconds. Uh, anything uh, priority-wise to you that you would love to make sure that gets done this session? One of the concerns that I really have is, is the federal government is basically broke. And you saw that this year where they, the FMAP rate, the percentage of money that the state of Idaho pays for health and welfare service for Medicaid. Mm-hmm. If we do not get Medicaid budget under control, it's going to delve into everything we do from schools to roads to everything else. And I look right. forward, we're going to do a lot of investment rules. We're going to do a lot of good things this year, but we really have to watch that Medicaid yeah. budget. And somehow we got to get that under control. Speaker, thanks. thanks for taking some time with us this morning. I'm sure we'll have a chance to talk to you before the end of the session. Uh, good luck this year. Thank you very much. Day from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 
congressional reaction to the strikes in Yemen has been largely supportive. If anything, Republicans say the strike should have happened sooner. But some Democrats are saying the president should have sought Congress's authorization first. And progressives have already taken to the streets. Hastily arranging protests in New York and in front of the White House, saying the Western strikes on Houthi targets run opposite to their calls for an Israeli ceasefire in Gaza. Two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred pound six seventy on your Verizon wireless. Joe Biden faced a barrage of criticism from fellow Democrats yesterday over the decision to launch airstrikes against Houthi targets in Yemen without congressional approval. Using the president of an uncon- uh, unconstitutional move, several lawmakers expressed outrage at being embroiled in another Middle East conflict. Among those. Uh, the onslaught representatives taking to X to voice their anger at Biden. Uh, Pramila J, uh, Jayapal unequivocally called the move an unacceptable violation of the Constitution. It's it's not, though, is it? There's an argument that could possibly I mean, uh, be made the, the, the both com- ways. The commander-in-chief can't order a strike on somebody. Right. Technically, the Constitution states that the president has the power to use limited military action without the approval of Congress as long as he reports to Congress within 48 hours. So Biden still has about another 24 hours to let him know oh. that he's going to bomb somebody. Or, or just did. The war, poor, uh, war powers resolution also gives Biden the power to commit to an armed conflict without the approval of Congress, as long the, as it does not last more than 60 days with an extra 30-day withdrawal now, period. The, the attack was based on those people that are attacking merchant ships. Yes. It, it, okay. Well, and here's, here's the other one. I don't feel the, sorry for them at yeah, all. Yeah, here's the other thing. Um, for the last week now, the last week, there have been 20 countries who have been warning the Houthis that if you keep this crap up, uh, what's the nice way to say screw around and find out? Yeah, well, okay. I think that's the nicest way you can say. Um, if you keep this up, we're going to do something about it. They've been warned over and over and over again to stop. And this affects, by the way, if, if, if I get it, that you have a bunch of the jihad squad who doesn't like the fact that we're you know attacking people in the Middle East, the Houthis now the uh, latest, but this affects all... People in the United States. This is one of the busiest shipping lanes and areas in the entire world. And there have been uh, hundreds of attacks on some of those ships. They have, I think, 25, 25 hostages that they've taken um, over pirating some of those ships that have been taken over yeah. uh, in that region as of right now. And by the way, this was not a, just a U.S. Um, military uh, bombing attack. Um, this was U.S. and British militaries bombing more than a dozen sites used by Iranian-backed right. Houthis in Yemen yeah, yesterday. We're not, we're not the only ones. I mean, this is uh, there's uh, a lot of nations that want to participate in this. There's just a theme that has, has been going on, I don't know, maybe the last couple of months or a little longer, that uh, if, 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 like, it's, it's kind of like, okay, I know we attacked you and killed a bunch of people and we're trying to do you harm, but do you have to be so aggressive in retaliating? <laughs> do you, I know we bomb people, but do we have to kill them? Can't we, like, bomb them in the leg or something so that we're not killing all these people? No. Maybe, maybe bomb them in the arm just to, or give them a warning bombing. 
You know, bomb them, you know, 10 miles from where they're at saying, see, if like you that. keep this up, this is going to get closer. It was like that old John Birch Society thing from the 70s where the, the cop who was a John Birch Society uh, member, was he was on trial because for violating some, somebody's civil rights. And he says, no, I saw him jaywalking, so I fired two warning shots into his legs. <laughs> <laughs> Representative Cory Bush, another member of the far-left jihad squad, labeled the airstrikes as, quote, illegal and implored the president to stop the bombing immediately and to do better. Hmm. I don't think they're illegal, though. Doesn't sound like it. No. Long, well, it will become illegal if he doesn't tell Congress that I mean, he, if several... I mean, Congress already knows that it happened, but apparently he has to officially tell Congress within 48 hours that he did it. I think everybody in Congress knows that he did it. Yeah. Does he, so does he still have to warn them? My guess is if we know, it's not really a secret. The governments of Australia, Bahrain, Canada, Denmark, Germany, Netherlands, New Zealand, and South Korea all joined the United States mm-hmm. and the UK in issuing a statement saying that the well, the aim is to de-escalate tensions and restore t- stability in the Red Sea, the Allies will not hesitate to defend the lives and protect commerce in those critical waterways. And it's and it, it is it's and it is, it's it's not any better, but it's one thing to. Uh, strike at military vessels another completely to go after merchant vessels keep in mind by the way i am i'm even surprised myself that we haven't seen these attacks sooner because the houthis are not just attacking the cargo ships in the red sea the houthis have had drone attacks on united states military vessels right also yes that right there should have been enough to go okay we're done screwing around with you guys we're going to stop this stuff right now. I mean, the first thing I would ask is, hey, do we have any drones? Maybe one or two. Mm. I, I hear that we've kind of dabbled in the drone technology business. <laughs> <laughs> 208-336-3700, on your Verizon Wireless. Um, other thing we can talk about today, this is going to be interesting to watch coming up here on uh, Monday because uh, the Iowa caucuses, Get underway on Monday. The predicted temperature on Monday is 15 below zero in Iowa. There wow. is blizzards going on in Iowa. You've heard this morning throughout the news uh, on a number of campaign stops by both candidates. Um, DeSantis and uh, Nikki Haley have been canceled today. Now, why, why I say that this is going to be interesting to watch over the next couple of days is because Donald Trump leads by a wide margin in Iowa as of right now, according to polling. Uh, new polling out yesterday shows Nikki, uh, Nikki Haley has now moved into a solid second place in Iowa, with DeSantis now falling to third. Now, I bring this up because how many times have you seen weather affect primaries, elections? Yeah. And this could be something where Trump is supposed to easily win, and Nikki Haley is hoping just to hold on to a strong second as they move to New Hampshire and then on to South Carolina. Now, what you could possibly see happen, and I bring this up because in 2020, or for the 2020 election, at this point, ahead of the 2020 election, Joe Biden was nowhere close to the leading candidate for president in 2020 for the Democratic Party. Nowhere close. He wasn't in the top five. In the 2016 election, at this point, before the election that year, Donald Trump was not in the top five in polling in the election. Um, this is the type of some things that, that can change. And the only reason I bring this up 
is because when it's 15 below zero, people don't want to leave their homes. And who does that hurt? In this particular instance, I would think possibly Donald Trump because they think he's got such a huge lead. I don't have to go out there and support. He's leading by over 20 points. Mm -hmm. I can stay home. I'm not saying that's going to happen. But weather has a strange effect on elections, primaries, caucuses. I think it was, I don't know whether it was John D. Rockefeller or one of the richest guys in the world uh, was talking about, uh, he was just giving some you know philosophy of life and he said you know you can have all the money in the world and the size of your funeral will depend on the weather yeah yeah 100 percent right um so it's going to be an interesting thing to watch with that weather if it does affect if you see something hinky going on and when i say hinky i don't mean illegal or you know something like that i mean just because people decide to stay home if it affects one candidate or the other because nikki haley has to finish in the top three if she wants to continue um, to have any chance at all with Donald Trump. And if she somehow were able to surprise and somehow win, it, it would be a huge upset for Donald Trump and would also be help for her, especially not so much in, in the election process, but in the big thing that you have to have when you are a presidential candidate, raising money and continuing your campaign, and there would probably be a lot of big donors that go, hey, maybe she does have a chance. Well, you know, once once it's down to two people, one Democrat and one Republican, uh, it's kind of easy to get those donations. Yeah, yeah. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Uh, it is Open Phones Friday. Something else you want to talk about, feel free. Uh, we can do that. Uh, we'll take a break here. Uh, don't forget. You still have a chance to uh, win your biscuit and hogs gift certificate, $50 gift certificate. We have one more to give away. When we come back, I'll tell you what you need to do to win that. Get 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. There you go. I mean, a lot of us knew that bacon does. Was that, was that Shepard Smith? Or yeah, the, you know? yeah. Shepard Smith uh, does cure a hangover. Uh, you don't play I, Gaffigan again? Because that's hilarious. <laughs> I have another one from Gaffigan I might okay. play on bacon. Um, the reason I'm uh, telling you about this, because I guarantee you there are people that have been stopped in uh, at Biscuit and Hogs with a hangover and found that bacon did cure that hangover from the previous day. Oh, my God. And, and you know, I, I had only had breakfast there until the last time we ate there. And I had a bacon bacon burger. And what did I say about it? It should be called the bacon 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 burger because it had tons of bacon on it. Known for their bacon, biscuit, and hogs $50 gift certificate. You've got about another 35 minutes to text the word piggy, P-I-G-G-Y, to 208-336-3700. You can get yourself bacon. If you don't like bacon, um, I don't know what's wrong with you. But, hey, you don't have to get bacon. You can get something else. They're open for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Uh, also, they've got uh, not just a happy hour, but a happy afternoon. That's how long their happy hour is. So I want a bacon burger now. Text Piggy to 208-336-3700. Rich in Boise, listening on 670 AM. Good morning to you. 
Yes, I, I wanted to talk about the well, in the debate between DeSantis and Nikki Haley. Did you watch it? Uh, yeah. I, you are the first yeah, person I, who has actually called our radio station, texted or emailed, and admitted that they watched <laughs> it. So thank you. What were your thoughts? Well, I mean, I like to know what's said instead of somebody telling me what somebody said. Yeah. So I, I do watch them. Uh, but the one thing that they both brought up was mental health. Now, if you remember, uh, John McCain voted down the Republicans like 50th attempt at repealing Obamacare because they had never put forth a plan. So now they're all saying they wanted to do something about mental health, but they won't want to spend a dime on it. I mean, it's a joke. They, they didn't even want poor people to have health insurance. They're not going to want them to have mental health insurance because that's real expensive because uh, mental health problems, you know, you don't get a shot or penicillin or, or set a broken bone and cure. Not that often they take years to uh, resolve. Well, and, and so you gotta then, be, you gotta be accurate. It wasn't that they don't want poor people to have health insurance. They don't want taxpayers to pay for it. They're perfectly fine with poor people paying for their own health insurance. They don't just want to take it out of the You'll budget. See. Yeah, yeah. Except, except poor people can't pay right, for their right. health care. Well, and people and then, are talking about making go, it more difficult to get Medicaid now. Yeah, well, it, a lot of states had that Medicare expansion in Idaho. They're talking about that. I don't know how they're going to cut that down. You just gonna have to deny people coverage because uh, you, you can't like start making people that don't have any money or where they're on Medicaid hmm. to start paying higher deductibles so you'll just have to deny them services or something. I don't know how they'll resolve that. Or open a free clinic. But, yeah. There's a, those free clinics, there's there's a few of them around yeah. and and, and, and they're, 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 some, they're, they're, some of them are, they've got really good doctors. I've taken friends there, but they don't really have the capacity to take care of too many more people. Yeah, sometimes about the best they can do at a free clinic is uh, sort of an advanced first aid. Yeah. Thank you for the phone call. Um, by the way, we were talking, he, he had mentioned uh, he had watched it, and we had asked thoughts on the um, debate. debate and got none. <laughs> not one person, and I think I know why. You remember the very first debate where we, everybody, we we spent all morning talking about it and people mm-hmm. weighing in what they thought about it, and that first debate had around 15 million people who watched it. You know how many people watched and, the, the and well, debate? Well, and there were about 15 million on stage for that big debate. <laughs> uh, two million watched oh, the two? debate on CNN this week. Oh. Two million. By the way, if you're wondering... Huh, who did better? Um, CNN, 4 million people watched the uh, de- well, town hall from well, Trump on Fox. Well, and that's the thing. Well, when it comes to DeSantis and, and Nikki Haley, there are a, a large number of people who just think it's irrelevant at this point yeah. because they assume that Donald Trump will be the candidate, and they don't even think that these two are running for vice president because he's already said he's picked out as vice president. Yeah. Um, I think he said that he's also said that neither one of these two. Matter of fact, he hasn't specifically said my name, but he said nobody currently running yeah. for president months ago that would be his choice for vice president. And I, and I believe him. Two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred pound six seventy on your Verizon wireless. We'll take a break. It is open phones Friday. If there's something you want to talk about, here's your chance. If you're on the phone right now, stay right where you're at. I promise we'll get to you. Need to get to a news coming up here. You can also email us Chris at kboy dot com and Mike at kboy dot com. 
Broadcasting from the Auto Ranch Group Studios on 93.1 FM and 670 AM, we are News Talk KBOI. Jim Gaffigan on uh, bacon. Why are we talking about bacon? Biscuit and hogs. Uh, they really know how to do bacon. We're giving away a $50 gift certificate right now, as a matter of fact. If you want your bacon, text the word piggy to 208-336-3700. While you're at it, do that. And then uh, another place that serves bacon, Deja Brew Bistro. Sweet deal. $50 gift certificate for only $25. Get in on that by going to KBOI.com, clicking on the sweet deal link, and you can purchase your gift certificate if you hurry. Like I said, these usually sell out really quickly, but they are still, we're 34 minutes in. There are still some left if you want to take advantage of that right now. Once again, go to KBOI.com, click on the sweet deal link to get that Deja Brew Bistro. I mentioned uh, earlier, it is open phones Friday, by the way. That uh, Donald Trump has said he, you, you said he's not going to name anybody his vice president uh, uh, who is currently running for president. And he said but, that but he a has, month ago. But he, he said the other day he has chosen somebody. He just hasn't told us who. Jan just wrote in and she says, "Hi, Chris. Oh no, it's the Pillow Man for VP." <laughs> <laughs> uh, very I, well. <laughs> I have not yet ruled him out. To tell you the truth, I wonder. I, do you, I think he will choose a woman. I don't know who that woman would be and it could be well, it, it, the woman from arizona i see i, mean, I know the, he likes and her the, and the thing is he might i, I don't know though it, strate- strategically he doesn't usually worry about stuff like that yeah uh bob and caldwell thanks for being patient you're listening on 670 a.m this morning good morning you're on news talk kboi yeah you guys almost made me forget what i want to talk to see everybody keeps forgetting about when biden got this when biden got that Basically, what had happened was they did, uh, Bernie Sanders was way ahead, but because uh, they didn't want a, a known socialist to be the party's you know, forebearer, uh, they started cheating like what Hillary did back in 2016, like they did to Bernie back then. That's the only reason why Biden got where he got, but people seem to forget. Trump was the incumbent in 2020. He got more votes than Biden did. Okay, as an incumbent running for office, it seems like nobody seems to remember those little details when they try to bring up 2016 or something. It's not 2016. Okay, back then, Trump was running as, they knew he was, but they didn't know how he would do. You can't compare 16 to 20. No, and and that's that, that's not that's not even close to what I was trying to do. Um, you can go back further. I just used the uh, last two 
um, elections uh, as, as an example of one, well, what are we, 10 months now uh, ahead of the uh, election. Um, I use the last two elections as an example. You can go back elections way beyond that and find at this point in the election, how many different times the person who ended up becoming president or ended up becoming the presidential candidate for whichever party was not anywhere close to the leading candidate at this point. So I'm saying there is still a chance. I mean, it's not a lock, even though Donald Trump right now in polling is so far ahead. It's not a lock Donald Trump is going to um, be the presidential candidate for the GOP. I mean, and that's why I brought up the fact that Monday, you know, right now he's got a 20-point lead. If it ends up being closer, like really close in 20 points, or if somehow Nikki Haley pulls off a surprise, that's going to have a big effect going leading up to Super Tuesday. Um, and I only say that because the weather could have a huge implication with the blizzard that is expected um, over the weekend. Temperatures are supposed to be down to 15 below zero on Monday. That causes a lot of people to stay home from a caucus. They're like, I'm not going out in this weather. So that was that was the only reason that I was comparing that. I wasn't comparing the actual elections necessarily in 2016 and 2020, just leading up to the election. Thank you for the phone calls. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, Jerry and Eagle, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Give me a second. I got to get rid of my bacon. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ever do that. <laughs> well, I'll, uh, I'll I'll pick it back up after we're finished with this phone call. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Uh, appreciate your coverage of uh, this session that's coming up. Uh, I was happy to hear Representative Speaker Moyle have a little skeptical skepticism in his voice about. Uh, uh, Governor Little's plan for two billion two billion dollars for school infrastructure. Uh, you know, if you go back to the uh, May election for the West Ada plant levy, they wanted five hundred million dollars in new taxes to build thirteen schools and do a lot of this work that they say they needed to do. Uh, now uh, that schools are funded on attendance, not enrollment, uh, that's resulted in Napa having to close four schools. West Ada has been cut uh, $7 million from their budget, from their operating budget, because they've got 2,200 fewer students compared to pre-COVID. And if you ask the superintendent, I mean, excuse me, if you ask the school board president, She'll tell you that we don't want to build any more schools, but they just were asking for thir- to build 13 new schools because of overcrowding. So y- you have to approach these things with with skepticism, and I'm happy to hear that from Representative Boyle. It also came out that um, a lot of these, I heard you talking about the boilers and, and, and uh, antiquated infrastructure in the school. I was on the school board in Washington State. I know exactly what you're talking about. But West Ada has $130 million in their rainy day fund. And I told the school board president she could direct some of that money to make these repairs instead of making them a sensational event that gets in the newspapers or you guys report on to build sympathy for increased spending and we got a governor that's in full support of the public educational industrial complex uh, and the teachers union. 
He proved that when he vetoed the bill that would have taken one of the opportunities for a bond measure to be on the ballot, and he had to have that veto overruled for that reason. So I just want, as we enter the session, I want your listeners to uh, to ask questions, ask their legislator and their representative and their state senator, you know, do we really need to be spending this money? You know, what about the, the money that right. the schools already have? All right. Thank you, uh, Jerry. Great thoughts. Appreciate it. Um, you, uh, I, We're going to stop you there so you can pick up your bacon again. I, I had n- never heard of public schools being referred to as the industrial complex. Now, military, yeah, everybody talks about that. And what's funny is uh, the people who always warn you about it are like generals. You remember uh, Eisenhower was one of the first ones yeah, to warn us about the military-industrial military complex. complex. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I just feel like if, if if public schools really had a an industrial complex, that teachers would be making a lot more money already. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, another... Email in, and as a matter of fact, we've gotten a couple of emails uh, on this particular subject uh, here today. So I, I'm I don't have a specific answer for you. Um, nobody you know writes in. Uh, there's a big blood donor banner on your site. Did you ever happen to find out if you can give blood if you can't pass a drug test? Pot specifically, but would be curious of other drugs as well. Also, what about prescription drugs allowed if you give blood? Um, and then another one uh, person asked also a similar question. As a public service, could you please ask a doctor or a nurse that has real answers? Of, can you donate blood if you smoke pot or any other drugs, including prescription drugs? I'm not trying to be a wise guy. I am actually really curious. Um, my guess would be, and I didn't take you as being a wise guy. My guess would be um, you're curious because you're not asking for somebody else, but you would like to give blood. I don't specifically have an answer. Here's what I would suggest, though. The Red Cross can answer that question. Yeah, yeah, they definitely can. You can call the Red Cross. You can get an answer. And if they say, yeah, you can give blood if if that's the case, then you can right then make your appointment to give blood if you wish. I, I'm guessing I mean, that's why you're asking. Feel free to say asking for a friend if you want. Yeah. But, you know, they do give you a long questionnaire to fill out before you, you uh, give blood. Like you can't have been in Africa recently and all sorts of other things. Uh, and and those change all the time depending upon you know what uh, diseases are out there, but um, I I don't know I don't think I don't think I mean I've given blood a lot and I've never been asked if I, I was yeah, me neither. like on marijuana or anything so you know and as somebody who maybe got that blood you'd probably go and oh thank God this person no I'm just kidding uh, Dave writes in Mike at kboi dot com says hello guys I know the media like yourselves get a lot of heat for being over dramatic. Uh, hyperbolic, etc. I do realize much of this is unwarranted. However, the media loves to be dramatic these days. For instance, CNN has headlines that say, powerful storm could bomb out, with a link to what that means. Well, what yeah, it means well, is, is the air pressure could go below a specific threshold. Nothing is going to explode. Yeah, that's called an Arctic bomb, though. It's, it's, that's yeah. just the name of it. So, and, and by the way, Dave, uh, I agree with you, and you can see this over and over and over again. You can see it on our local nightly news. Um, it's, it's called, If It Bleeds, It Leads. People pay attention to news stories like that. People, you know, it's been proven that when it comes to looking at websites, if you have a really good headline, people will click on the story uh, more than they would if you didn't have a, a really cool headline, right? I guess so, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, it, the the problem with most clickbait is most of it is, uh, what's a rhyme? What's a word that rhymes with crap? All that? No, I'll just go with that. No, but I, and I'm not saying that 
um, everything like that is is necessarily clickbait. Um, basically, what I'm saying is that news news organizations want to get clicks on it. So even though um, they want to get clicks because that's how they make their money on sponsorships, yeah. that it's it, it's not necessarily clickbait. It's a real story. Yeah. But if they get a headline that ca- catches your interest then they've done their job to get you to read well, the story. I, I've seen these things recently. Uh, I don't click on them because I know what's going on, but they talk about, like, uh, Garth Brooks's divorce settlement. Yeah. Well, he got divorced, like, 30 years ago. Well, <laughs> uh, and he's not divorcing Trisha Yearwood. And usually when you click on those, do you notice what they are? Uh, like hair transplant yeah, advertisements, huh? stuff or like that. I know you, you never click on them, but... Whatever they think you need. Yeah. Um, uh, by the way, producer Derek uh, came through. He says... Uh, does the Red Cross discourage cannabis consumers from donating blood? No. The Red Cross encourages all eligible donors who feel well to make an appointment to give blood by using the Red Cross Blood Donor app, visiting redcrossblood.org, or calling 1-800-RED-CROSS. There you go. Thank you, Derek, for uh, looking that up. That'll save so you a phone call to even, the Red Cross. Even in places like Oregon, you can donate <laughs> blood. It would seem, yeah, and I didn't want to say that because in case I was incorrect, but it would seem weird because you would think you would get places like Oregon and California that have, um, you know, okayed recreational marijuana that it would have caused a big downturn in blood donations. So hopefully that answers your question. Um, it turned out to be a pretty good question. We'll take a break. One more segment on the way. Final chance to get through if you want to take part. It is Open Phones Friday. Also, your final chance. you got five minutes, five minutes to text the word PIGGY to 208-336-3700. One person of all the uh, texts that we've got this morning, we've chosen at random to get that $50 gift certificate. Ben Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 950-208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Um, <laughs> DH writes in, hey, y'all, we know the majority of people on this planet love bacon. However, let's hear some things that don't go with bacon. My vote, how about a nice fat slice of key lime pie? Um, no, I would 100% disagree with you because key lime pie having that slightly citrusy sour flavor Chris, you might back me up on this and how how sweet and heavy um, a piece of key lime pie taste. You put a nice crispy crumble of salty bacon on top of that, it only makes the key lime pie better. You know, I I have not tried that, but I would be willing to. Yeah, me too. And I think it would just just absolutely make it John 10 times better. Says regarding sensationalized news, didn't Don Henley write a song about that? Dirty Little Laundry comes to mind. It was just Dirty Laundry. Dirty Laundry, yeah. Yeah, that was, uh, I think he had an album in 83 and, uh, uh, or 82, I'm not sure which, but that was uh, his biggest hit from that album. Curtis has an uh, email writing in. Yesterday, a friend of mine called and wanted me to watch the network news, which I normally don't watch, period. He wanted me to see the simulation that they were airing as an actual attack on a ship which showed people getting off a helicopter and running across the deck of a tanker, taking the crew on bridge hostage. He says that they've been running that simulation and calling it the real attack all day long. Do they not know that this is a computer game that they're showing and trying to pass it off as an actual attack happening? No wonder nobody trusts network news when they do stupid stuff like that. I'm just shocked 
that people think that it is real. Well, when they introduced it, did they say it was a simulation? That's what I'm. That's what I'm wondering. And also, what and sometimes were it you says talking it, about? And sometimes they're like it. It it says so on screen when it is. But this could. Uh, I'm not saying they didn't just mess up because they they do that too. We talked about this this morning, and this this AI thing, uh, I think, is going to be a really big thing because there are certain things that you see nowadays or hear that are done using AI. And you can't tell whether or not it's real or not. And the reason why I bring this up, because there is a new company that has begun a AI network. And when I say AI network, their network broadcasters, the, the anchors, are all going to be AI what do you hosts basically is yeah. is they'll be the host and they will give you the news every night and it's not even a real person by the way the news stories will all be written using ai and <laughs> i it, it, this seems so problematic to me of how easy it would be in the future to fake news i don't i mean it, it you needs, hope that it's it, not going to happen it but needs, it needs to get easier no, I, I, I fear that it is going to be so easy in the yeah. future to fake news. I mean, more so than it is right now. Because now well, now you can fake news, and there's a lot of different ways that some, it is done. Some but people would argue that going as far back as the Mesopotamians, it's always been easy to fake news. But if you have somebody, and you can show the actual video uh, of saying somebody stealing yeah. or killing a person... And showing that person that's killing the person and say, this person was found guilty of murder and showing a video and yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. And that person doesn't even exist. (laughs) The story didn't even happen. It just, it seems like it's going to make it so easy um, to not have scruples any longer. Or, and I'm not saying they're going to, but man, it's scary. Let's see. uh, Nobody, uh, Signed this one, but it says, has the local guy that avoided execution been executed, either by firing squad or lethal injection or the new nitro death method? No. If you're talking about uh, Creech, he is still in prison and has not been executed. It is surprising. I read a story yesterday, I believe it was either an Idaho Press or Idaho Statesman, um, about how many more people who have been involved with him at the prison level, when I say involved, have been workers at the prison, um, have been uh, people who have involved who actually know him specifically, who have come out in support of him just doing life in prison because they say that he actually has changed. And I, I was reading that, and I'm like, I mean, one person uh, was, a, I think, a therapist who works in the prison and noted that she told if, if anything ever happened, if a riot broke out in prison or the prison doors opened up and something was happening, she said, you would find me in uh, Creech's cell. I would, that's the first place I would go because I know he would protect me. And I thought, well, that's pretty fascinating, a, a multi-killer person in, in prison on death row, mm-hmm. and uh, that's who you would go and, to protect. And he did kill someone in prison. Yeah. That's about all the time we have for today. Thank you for participating. By the way, Chris and I are off on Monday. It is Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Um, We will be back uh, to do all this again Tuesday. And thanks for listening in.